Hey, welcome into the inaugural 2022 edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show on ESPN Denver 1600 from the Toyota Studios. It is time to talk Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse as the season is underway in 2022. My name is Tyler Mon, joined by the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney, uh, over Zoom. You don't get to see my, my charming face in person, Coach. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I grew a few more gray hairs last Saturday, but uh, seem to be surviving. I've learned a lot about uh, appreciating my wife of 45 years and all she's done for me after having a now a broken ankle for a week and me, you know, feeling bad for myself that God forbid I have to help her around a little bit. Well, we are certainly sending all of our best thoughts to uh, to Helen Tierney, especially because, yeah, now she's not quite as mobile. So if she is exhausted by the the conversation of game week uh, number one, now she can't just like get up and leave the room. <laughs> That's right. She can turn the volume down though. So. <laughs> Well, Coach, let's dive in. This week's episode, uh, as all episodes here in 2022, brought to you by Johnson Financial Group, partnering with families to bring simplicity and peace of mind as they help you achieve your financial goals. Uh, You've got win number one in the books, and I know it did not come easy, but a 14-13 road win at Utah, first time for this Pioneers team uh, in Utah, playing against the Utes in Salt Lake City and it was as much of a battle as you expected. Last year, it was very much the same. The first time you got to see Utah as a D1 program, uh, they came into Denver and, and fought you tooth and nail for the entirety of that game. This time around, uh, largely the same kind of experience, but you get out of town with a win, you're 1-0, that's the most important thing. But give us a breakdown of what you saw on Saturday at Utah. Yeah, you know, first of all, Tyler, it's, uh, you know, when I came out here and Peg Bradley Doppis hired me, we talked a lot about part of my job being helping to spread the game out west and uh, you know we can no longer say that we're the furthest western team and to to Utah's credit I, I tell you I've been you know as you noticed my 41st year of as college coaching and I don't think I've ever been to a place who was so professional and treated us so well and uh was and their stadium was beautiful. We played their only game in their football stadium, and uh, it was just it was despite the, uh, the 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 slow torture of of plucking hair out of my eyebrows uh, during the game. Um, you know, it was uh, it was an amazing experience. Salt Lake City. I've never been as beautiful backdrop with the mountains being so close and. Um, you know, Andrew McMahon and what his staff has done, new program, you know, new new staff with a now a program has been four or five years. And what Brian Holman did to build that that roster is, is nothing short of amazing. Their style of play, that was different. And, and they were um, as high speed and as fast as you can go. Um, and and there, there were often times where even when we thought we had it covered, their transition offense was was picking corners and putting ball in the back of the net. We couldn't get away from them. We'd have one goal lead, two goal lead, you know, go into halftime with the two. And before you know it, we're down two. And 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 so to, to their credit and to their kids credit, uh, they as you said, they played us tooth and nail to our kids credit. Uh, the one thing that we talked about after the game was and we asked them to do this because we have a, a good older group of leaders on this team is they stuck together. Nobody's heads went down. There was no backstabbing. There was no, oh, I should be in there. It was all, let's keep going. Our bench was as, as excited as, as our players were. And it was, uh, if, if I could have watched it from the outside, it would have been a pretty good game to watch. 
when you are in a circumstance where, like you said, you go into halftime, you got an 8-6 lead. They scored the first four goals of the second half. Um, and we talk so often about the, the adversity that you want to face on the field in terms of being forced to gut out wins uh, and win in close games and all that. What was the mood like on the sideline? You touched on it a little bit, guys who were sticking together. But uh, when you started to get first off down on that four goal run by Utah right out of halftime. And then as your guys started to build momentum and sort of retake control in that game, you score six of the final nine to get the win. Uh, what was the mood on the sideline like for your group? I think it was, it was positive. It's probably the best way to describe it. You know, there were timeouts where we were, you know, Matt Brown doing the offensive strategy with Eric Adamson and then John Gallant, you know, keeping the defense intact. Uh, you know, as you know, we didn't have our starting goalie, Jack Thompson. We didn't have uh, um, Adam Hangland, our junior captain defenseman. So that those are pretty, two pretty good hits there. But to his credit, uh, I thought, I thought Cole French in, in the first half was getting his feet wet. In the second half, did a really good job, um, you know, keeping us in it. Uh, he made some big saves along the way. So um, at the end of the day, the, the, the sideline was good. They were listening. They were smart. And, uh, you know, we just uh, if you have to have an opener and, and, and be able to have film on Monday that you can work off of and say, here's what we need to improve. Boy, we hit the nail on the head. You get contributions from guys who, you know, this year the the conversation uh, with your offense is some of the really talented veteran guys you've got there. Jack Hanna only scores one goal, but you get two from Riley Curtis, two from Alex Simmons, four from Ted Sullivan, four from J.J. Silstra. Uh, and I know some of the national conversation is, well, we know Denver has Jack Hanna. What are they going to find behind him? To get big contributions from guys like that, and especially guys who've been around for a little while, how important was that for the offense uh, to know that even if you have a day where one of your top shooters is held down a little bit you've got the the chance for other guys to be able to step up yeah first of all jack Hanna, you know he, he can he can go one for 11 every every time if he's drawing the attention he is and and can move the ball quickly that means that as that ball moves we have a five on four somewhere you know because there's always two on him and so um, we have to work with that a little. Jack Jack forced a couple, but also had a big time goal and a couple of couple of pipes, you know. And they'll they'll fall for him. And and uh, you know, um, I'm sure LeBron James has had a couple of games there. He hit a couple of rims, but uh, you know, it's it, it, the guy. I you know, I I'm not big. You've been around me long enough to know we're not a big hero type program, but. The guy I think really deserves a shout out is Riley Curtis. He has been phenomenal. He is in his fifth year um, from the time he was a freshman all the way through this progress. Now uh, he's, he's enjoying playing. He's confident. He can play attack. He can play midfield. He plays man up, but we're, we're so excited for him because he's playing like we had hoped he played a, a long, long, would play a long, long time ago. So, uh, and then, you know, with, with JJ, <clears throat> look, yeah, JJ, we know what JJ is all about. Um, a couple of years ago as a freshman, he scores five against Air Force in his first game. Last year, he scores three against Duke and then pulls a hamstring. Um, you know, with JJ, it's just really a manage, a, 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 an ability to, manage his time, manage his body. And uh, he, he was out. He literally didn't practice for the first three weeks of our preseason, which was four weeks long. So um, the sky's the limit for this guy as long as we can keep him, keep him healthy. 
It's a Coach Bill Tierney show on ESPN Denver 1600 talking Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse as the Pioneers have kicked off this 2022 season. Denver is home on Saturday for the first matchup of the year at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium against Air Force. We're going to talk about that uh, coming up in our next segment. Um, But Coach, there's so much to cover, obviously, on our first episode of the season. Uh, This is a relatively normal offseason compared to last year. We got a chance to talk about this. Uh, You stopped by for a a halftime interview during a basketball broadcast a couple of weeks ago. Last year, so weird I think you said you had guys in in 12 man pods maybe it wasn't even that big uh when they were in practice and you're kind of practicing for hours at a time because you can't have everybody on the field at the same time they're not in the locker room at the same time uh this year to be able to get back to something resembling what you were used to for the first 40 years of your coaching career how important has that been for this group now coming into this season to be back into a routine like that no, it's it's really important, and 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 I think it, it alludes back to what you asked before about the sideline. These guys know each other. One year ago today, our freshmen had still not met our seniors, and and so um, you know it's just craziness. Now, on the other hand, a year ago when when COVID was supposedly running rampant, we had three cases the whole year. We've had. 30 some odd cases this yeah. year. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit, if you look at it one way, you go, wow, what's going on? This is much more contagious. Um, that's the bad news. And, and so you have every day is, is still, is still a little bit of a mess. Josie White, our phenomenal trainer comes up and tells us, okay, this guy's out for five days. This guy's out for five days. But even with that in, in mind, it's almost expected. And, the fact that we've been, you know, chanting this mantra of next man up since September, and you saw it with uh, with Cole French and Jimmy Freehill the other day, um, you know, and by the way, a guy we didn't even mention is, is Teddy Sullivan gets four, and he has been, if, if he's not the most underrated player in Division One lacrosse, I don't know who is, because I guess they're so underrated that I don't know who they are. But um, this guy is, is phenomenal, and I'm so proud of him. And so it, it's still, I, I, I'm not sure there'll ever be a normal again. Well, I don't know if we'll ever go back to right. 2019, but with, with our sophomores have been through, um, as young men, forget lacrosse, as young men, uh, they're going to be stronger for it as the years go on. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a challenge and it continues to be a challenge. But with this coaching staff I have here, they're ready to go every day, ready to coach the guys who are out there. And hopefully we can continue to get better with our with our uh, with our play. One of the things you said to me um, during a a conversation we had a few weeks ago, and it's something I thought about a lot since then, you said, with the exception of wartime, college athletes who have been in college over the last few years have been asked to handle and deal with and sacrifice more than maybe any other chapter in history. Um, For your guys, do you get a chance to communicate to them? Obviously, it's right now, it's all in the, the scheme of playing well and winning games and all of that. Do you get to have conversations about like, hey, this is this is a challenge that you're going to look back on, you know, 30, 40 years from now and think, oh, that helped shape me into the person that I am today in the grander scheme of what they've dealt with with COVID and all of it? Well, the reason I was late on our call today is because I was having that exact conversation with one of my players. Sometimes when you get in these groups of 50 some odd guys, you say stuff and you, you know, you prepare it and you go, I, I got, I got them today, boy, this is going to be, I'm really going to change their life with our pregame pre-practice talk today. 
And they, they're looking at you like, all right, pal, can we get moving on here? But when you get them individually and you get a chance, with, especially with a young man who might be hurt or a young man who's uh, had one last week, his cl really close grandfather died. Uh, one of our players' best friends got killed in a car accident. Another player came in this morning who's coming off a, a, a year-long injury. When you get those chances and you're able to take that coach's hat off and that whistle that same one's been hanging around your neck for 41 years and you're and you're able to say to them look yes this this is not fun right now you are going through hell right now you were in a single room you had a mask you you were in cohorts you had you couldn't sit in a you know in the bus next to anybody all those things that we had and continue to have oh by the way you're mandated to have people put needles in your arms for you know all, every different disease there is out there um i do get the chance then and i and i to be honest i take advantage of that chance i i curve the the conversation in that way because yeah, yeah, even when i recruit them you're gonna lose lacrosse games and as down as that makes you and as bad as you feel and as disappointed as I was in myself last week for not coaching that team the way I should have. Um, we're all going to survive losing lacrosse games. You know, what, what are we like as fathers? What are we like as husbands? What are we like as dear friends? What are we like as brothers and sisters, um, as, as workers, as what are we going to put in to our job? when you just flew 17 hours to Japan and you got to speak language that nobody knows, you know, are you going to do that the way you should, or are you going to fake your way through it? And, and what we hope is that despite the fact that we're going to be disappointed sometimes losing to Loyola in the first round last year, you, you do know that you're in this profession for bigger and more important things. And those are the opportunities you have to use them. It's the Coach Bill Tierney Show on ESPN Denver 1600 from the Toyota Studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group. We're going to step aside for a timeout, talk a little bit more about this 2022 Pioneers roster and what is ahead on the schedule as we continue along next on ESPN Denver 1600. Today is April 23rd, 2021. Tracy Lock for Pepsi at ID PETW 1106000. Spot title Better with Pepsi Sounds Delicious. Burger, 30 second stereo full radio mix. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Dear Winter, almost nothing stands in the way of a new 2022 Toyota. When you say stay home, the Camry all-wheel drive comes out to play. The Corolla's tech is red hot. Snowy hills don't stand a chance against the RAV4's available all-wheel drive with multi-terrain select. And everyone gets comfy in the Highlander with its available heated front seats. See you in the snow. Toyota. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Your Front Range Toyota store is proud to be the exclusive automotive partner of your DU Pioneers. Today is April 23rd, 2021. Tracy Locke for Pepsi at ID PETW 1114000. Spot title, Better with Pepsi Sounds Delicious. Nachos, 30-second stereo full radio mix.
You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. <sighs> Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. So let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. Continuing on on ESPN Denver 1600, it is the Coachville Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group, partnering with families to bring simplicity and peace of mind as we help you achieve your financial goals. It is our, uh, technically, I guess our week two show now from the Toyota Studios as the Pioneers return home coming up this weekend to take on the Air Force Falcons. My name is Tyler Mon, joined by the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. Coach, we haven't had a chance to talk a ton about um you know just what your roster looks like i mean this is our, our first radio conversation of the year and so we get a chance to go a little bit more in depth than our chalk talks or our pregame interviews um tell us about you know some of the guys who pioneers fans are going to be familiar with this year who they haven't uh you know necessarily been exposed to before whether it's freshmen or newcomers um and you know we talked about your veteran group some of the guys who've been around for a little while um what stands out most about what you like with this team well, you know, as, as you look at the roster, it's really interesting. People say we're young, but um, I break it into three groups. Number one is the is the the, uh, the group that you alluded to, the ones everybody knows about: Jack Hanna, Alex Simmons, uh, Teddy Sullivan. You know, Alex Stathicus. You know, those those kind of guys, and and they are all that and more. They're just great kids, great leaders, and and doing what they're supposed to do out there as we grow with them. The second group, the is the interesting group because we talk about being young and sometimes people take that to mean uh, you know chronologically you know where when you look at drew erickson johnny morocco uh um uh, matt marino ty Batsyon, sam dwinnell uh ellis geis you know you look at these guys they've been around for a long time but they're young. They're, they, they haven't had this chance to really, really dive in. You know, Johnny Morocco has a phenomenal game against Utah, and that didn't just come because we felt like throwing him in. He's had a really good fall and a really good preseason. And, uh, and so we get some stuff out of him. So that's that second group that I have said in the, to anybody who's asked uh, during this preseason is the most important group on for our season to succeed. We know what we're going to get out of those other guys and knock on wood, we can't afford to injure those top four or five guys, but it's that next group that I just read, you know, eight or nine guys that are going to be so integral to our success. And then, and, and Cole French, by the way, has already proven that, you know? Um, so, and then we become young, you know, uh, uh, JJ Silstrop's probably the only guy in that next kind of group that, uh, he and Jack Thompson that that are juniors that we, we know what they're going to do. But the rest is really young. If you took our first 15, we'd have 13 older guys. 
probably five experienced guys. But then after number that, you got Mick Kelly and Jimmy Freehill, freshman, and everybody else is young, freshman or sophomore. So it's a, it's a weird mix. The idea is to take those top five and have them lead you into games like we have this week and then next week and hope that they can keep us above water. And then you got that, that second group that, as I said, is really, really important for us. And I mentioned Riley Curtis before. He's been the, kind of the poster child of that. And then the third group is how quickly can we get these young guys um, to, to, to mature and, and not go out in a, in a big time game and, and be nervous or not play well or whatever. And, and we're working really hard on that. Coach, one of the things that um, in, in sports today, you know, a thing that I think is the most exhausting uh, thing for those of us in, in my generation to hear is like, ah, these kids today, you can't coach them hard. You can't do this, blah, blah, blah. This group seems as though they have been able to really embrace the idea that, okay, you may not play necessarily right away. When you get your opportunity, you got to be ready for it. Um, how is this 2022 group uh, in comparison with the last few years in being able to embrace that philosophy? Obviously, you know, week one, you get a really good chance to look at that. Cole French has been around for a while, but you're starting goalies out. You go to a, a guy like Cole who steps into that spot. Adam Hanglin is out. You got to rely on some of your other guys uh, defensively. How much does this group embrace that idea of, okay, when I get my shot, I got to be ready? No, I think when you have the, the conversations, and we had this after the game on Saturday. In fact, I, I spoke so long after the game on Saturday about exactly what you just said, that we almost missed our flight. But, um, you know, we uh, that is the essence. That is the essence of this because, look, this is the first time that, you know, I, I've spent, you know, 38 of my 41 years of college coaching saying to people who said, oh, kids these days, no, that's not true. And I've spent the last three years agreeing with every single thing they said because these kids have been coddled. They have no one, no one's ever been blamed for their mistakes. And so what I, what I love about this team of ours is, whether they came to us one way or the other, they bought into our culture. They bought into some hard, true love, you know, uh, tough love, I guess. And, and, and what, what sports do is they, they give you a reality. And if you want to continue to blame, oh, the coaches doesn't know what he's talking about, or I didn't get my chance, or it's not fair, then, then we haven't succeeded. But if you get kids like Riley Curtis and Cole French and, you know, all these guys that have kind of suffered through the years of, of this stuff and now are taking advantage, Johnny Morocco, my God, you know, and, and taking advantage of this, you kind of can look back and say, um, you know, yeah, maybe they're a little different. Yeah, maybe we have to make sure that on Mondays we, we make sure everybody gets a fair chance and that on, you know, uh, every other week you have a team dinner and then, okay, by the way, let's, you know, let's play duck, duck, goose instead of, uh, you know, doing extra sprints. Um, yeah, that's different, but I'll tell you that this, what a phenomenal group. And I tell them this all the time, what you've been through and, and, and how much you care about this thing and how much we care about you is what's going to get us through.
You are headed into week two this week, and you square off against a team you see every year in the Air Force Falcons. Um, you know, you see every year uh, the venue is sometimes different depending on weather. <laughs> uh, but this time around, you get a chance to to tackle Air Force on your home field uh, on Saturday. And every year, Air Force provides a challenge. And we talk every year about how security and uh, security um, service academy teams are different because of the style they play, because of the athletes they have, all of that. They present their own sets of challenges. When you evaluate Air Force coming into your 2022 meeting, um, what is different about them? And what are the things that, you know, year to year, you're like, oh, man, we got to deal with this with Air Force again. They're going to be tough. Well, you know, you mentioned it, number one, and and look, everybody has a game in the, you know, everybody wants to win a national championship, right? So everybody thinks that at the beginning of the year, but everybody has a game they circle on their, on their schedule. The one we circle on our schedule chose not to play us this year. The one that they circle on their schedule is playing them on Saturday. And, and so uh, Air Force will be, come in. Something be, you know, you, you talk about the differences in venues. Well, some people may not recognize us this weekend because due to, uh, due to things beyond their control, um, Air Force hasn't had their away uniforms delivered. So they're actually gonna be wearing white and we're gonna be wearing something different. You know, so, uh, you, you know, we, it, all these years we played them it seems like every year is something different. We play in four inches of snow. We play in their indoor facility when we're supposed to be home. We, you know, all these different things happen. But Coach Wilson was a, an assistant of mine at Hopkins, at uh, Princeton, and, and won a national championship with me. He does a phenomenal job with those men. And, and they don't get the advantage of 50-year guys. You know, so each right. year they're building into this thing uh, with, with people that are – willing to, to sacrifice their life for, for us. And, and so we've got to send that message to our guys and understand the importance of this game for them. I often talk about understanding your opponent's mentality and there's no, there's no greater mentality to try to understand than uh, the United States Air Force Academy. We are going to talk, um, obviously, on Saturday uh, about kind of your bigger keys to that matchup. So we'll we'll save that conversation for later on. You can check in with us on ESPN Denver 1600 for 1135 in your pregame coming up on Saturday. Um, but I do want to touch quickly. We don't have a show next week. So um, just to, to give you an idea of how difficult this schedule is kicking things off, you go right into Duke. Uh, on Saturday the 19th. We're not going to talk a ton about Duke, but to be able to get a couple of games against regional rivals uh, before you set yourself up for that first huge out-of-the-region non-conference matchup, how important are these first two against Utah, knowing that you've got a powerhouse uh, coming up a week from Saturday on the road in Durham? Yeah, really important. And I think the key of the importance is how did we get better? Did, you know, did we get, are we going to be better this week than we were last week? Were we better last week than we were the week before in our scrimmage against Hopkins? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. But everybody plays it so differently, you never know. So then when you, you, know, you travel to Duke, I think the, the only good thing I can say about our trip to Duke you know, in a week or so is we don't have to play Carolina two days later. Right, right. 
Yeah, and that certainly is a much more advantageous schedule. Um, Coach, I got to ask you one thing uh, because you know as well as anybody what a logo and uniform and equipment nerd I am. We were talking in between our segments. You had the same lanyard that you used for your whistle for tons and tons of years. But I want to ask you when I, uh, you know, wander around Magnus Arena, I'll see old pictures of, you know, Denver lacrosse from the 80s back when it was a a lower level or a club sport. Uh, You've coached the D1 level in this sport for a very long time. What is the piece of equipment that has evolved most over your time coaching lacrosse I look at the old pictures from the 80s guys are wearing helmets that look like they just slapped on a baseball batting helmet and threw a cage on the front like you look at them now and it's like oh you could go to space in these helmets if they had a, a full visor what has evolved most over your time as a coach well, you know, certainly that, you know, all the equipment has evolved to be stronger, lighter. I, I can tell you the most important change is the one that's happening currently, which is that all shoulder pads now have to have a, a, a protect chest protector on it to hopefully prevent any court, uh, any, any sort of uh, uh, heart in, you know, injury. We've had young men right. who have died, you know, and getting hit, you know, uh, um, you know, as a young man at, at Cornell some years ago. And, uh, you know, and, and every player now has shoulder pads with that protection on it, which, you know, when you're a defenseman and your your coach from, you know, who played back in the, you know, the 60s and 70s is yelling at you, step in front of that shot. And in, in his head, he's going, he's shaking his head, yes, but he's going, that shot's a hundred miles an hour. Right. You step in front of it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I think that, and then, you know, one other protector, which I won't get into much detail with uh, defensemen should wear very often. Yeah. I think uh, I would completely agree with that. Um, yeah. The step in front of that shot, is always it's the equivalent of you know when I was uh, a kid playing baseball and it was you'd, somebody would back out of the way of a pitch inside and you'd yell wear it at him like it's so easy from the dugout to yell that when you're yeah. the guy standing in and that thing is whistling at your ear uh, it's nah, not quite the same level of comfort um, all right coach uh, we <laughs> when, I, when I played baseball I can remember I can remember one time getting hit by a pitch same thing with the coach and then. Three days later, I could still see the, the seams from, from my arm. Go ahead, pal. I ain't stepping in front of that anymore. <laughs> That's the sacrifice you make. It's the same thing. You know, you step in front of a shot and you've got a welt on your arm or your leg or whatever for the next week. Uh, yeah, it's not real comfortable. I guess it's a badge of honor. Well, my son Trevor was a goalie for uh, – had to give it up when he was like, I don't know, 35 or so because uh, he actually had surgery on his veins – on the insides of both of his thighs from getting hit so much there that they had to strip his veins from that. So it it ain't pretty. (laughs) Not exactly the fun operations that you're seeking out in your thirties, man. Well, coming up this weekend, the pioneers at home for the first time on radio for the first time as well, 12 o'clock face off 1130 pioneer pregame with this guy, the head coach of the pioneers, Bill Tierney and myself, Tyler Mon Uh, coach. Can't wait to get started again uh, this weekend. We'll see you out there this week. See you Tyler. Thank you. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Coach Bill Tierney Show from the Toyota Studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group. We'll talk to you on Saturday for Denver and Air Force.